Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Very good. Who enjoyed that this morning? <laughs> I love that. That's Charlotte Gamble. I just want to keep watching. I just want to sit there and keep watching. But anyway, I love that. You choose the soundtrack. And I already knew what I was going to share this morning when I saw that. And I was like, that is, yeah. We choose. We choose what we think about. We choose how we go about our lives. And Deuteronomy 30.19 says, choose life. Choose life. And um, I want to talk this morning about lies, love and life. Lies, love, and life. And we have a soundtrack playing, and some of us forget to pay attention to what is actually going through our minds. And I've been on a journey with this myself, and I just want to share a few tips on things that I have found really helpful. And I want to look at John 10.10 this morning. And it says in John 10.10, a thief comes to kill steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. And you know, I love the second half of that, you know, yes, Jesus, abundant life. But you know, I think one of the top ways that the enemy comes and especially, no, I think with everybody is in our minds and our thinking. Um, And we can, it can be so overwhelming to try and get a handle on that. I read an article this week and it said, want to make a lie seem true. Say it again and again and again. Now the example was, eating carrots improves your eyesight. Who's heard that? Vitamin C cures the common cold. Anyone heard that? Uh, What else did it say? Uh, Crime in the United States is at an all-time high. And it goes on to say none of these things are actually true. But the facts don't actually matter. People repeat them so often that you believe them. And they call it the, I hate pronouncing this, the illusory truth effect. A glitch in the human psyche that equates repetition with truth. Marketers and politicians are masters of manipulating this. And, you know, if you've believed a lie about yourself for a long time... It can be hard to break that. And you might be reading, reading the Bible or doing, and you're like, I, I see that there, but I believe this here. So how do we, you know, how do we counteract that? You know, Philippians 4 says, fix your thoughts. And I know myself, I've, I had tried this, so, and I just couldn't, God, it's so hard. It's so hard. I just can't get a handle on it. But um, we need to shine a light on the lies. Okay, because I think we all have them. Some of you may have already, you might have a really good grip on this. And I would ask that you just pray for those this morning who don't yet, because I want everybody to just really gain grounds in this this morning. So we need to shine a light on the lie. And then as they, once they're exposed, when you think them again, you go, oh, wait a second. Like you can pull them up. And Bill Johnson has a book called God is Good. And it's, it's a good book. <laughs> God is good. But if you struggle at all with that, you know, is God good? Is It's such a good, good book to read. But he has a quote in there that really 
really helped me to nail this down. So if you are taking notes or you've got a phone, remember this quote if you remember nothing else. It says, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind about me that he doesn't have about me. Okay? I can't afford to have a thought in my mind about me that he doesn't have about me. And I remember the first time I read that, I went, oh, dear. <laughs> that's, that's not good. That's not good. So I went on a journey in this, and I, I began to pray about it. And I, I would get to a certain point. I was operating in, you know, fully. I've been a Christian my whole life. But just I would have areas that were like a big roadblock, like, oh, I can't get free in that area. Or every time I step out in that area, I feel, and I really had to change my thinking. So I began to write down the lies. And if you don't know where to start, I would, just an example, like I'd find myself, say, really frustrated with the kids, and, and I go, wait a second, am I living peace? Am I having a fruit of the spirit moment or am I like this? Okay, what's, what am I thinking about? And I go through and I began to write down all the lies. Just, and if you've got pages and pages, the enemy will come and say, look at all your lies. You're just hopeless. (laughs) Don't listen to condemnation. We are on a journey. So I begin to write them down. Now I want to give you an example. And I want you to imagine I've written a heap of lies on a piece of paper and it's sitting on my kitchen bench and my son walks in, okay? So you've got your imagination, this did not happen. I have three sons, so you get to choose which son is in this scenario. And he picks up my paper and he goes, hey, mum, which one? (laughs) Just choose your favourite, it's all right. No. (laughs) So I want you to imagine he walks in and he goes, hey, mum, you're an idiot, you're so stupid. People don't even like you. You're, you're dumb. You're horrible. And I bet you're about to burn dinner because you can't cook. <laughs> failure. Stupid. Failure. Worst mum ever. And by the way, you're ruining my life because you're not all together. You're out of control. I mean, it could go on and on, couldn't it? What would I say? I would have stopped him at, hey, mum, you're an idiot. I would have said, whoa. Whoa. Bit of respect. We don't speak that way in this house, do we? But what if my soundtrack has told me my whole life that you're just stupid, you're no good, you, you know? And I can tell you it starts young. For me, it started young. And I was always sick as a child. And I just began, I just believed that I was burdensome and that people, you know, I'd miss big chunks of school because I was unwell and then people would say, oh, why don't you come play me? Oh, no, that's okay. No, people don't like me. I don't want to be a bother. It began really young. And I see it in my kids. I hear them say things like, oh, I'm so stupid. No, you're not. No, you're not. We need to counteract those lies. And, you know, for me as a teenager, and I don't want to get right into this this morning, but it really... It really came to a heads where I actually was non-functional in the self-hatred. It was, I have awesome parents (laughs) and they prayed me through. But there was times I go, mum, I can't leave the house. I'm just, I can't go, I can't go. I'm too horrible. I just, and she would like pray with me. And I just remember sitting at the kitchen table and she would just put scripture over me and she'd say, you can, but it's been a struggle. Okay. It has not been easy for me. Um, 
And so we begin by writing down the lie. And sometimes as soon as you write it down, you imagine someone you love reading it back to you and it's hurtful. But you're saying it to yourself. You're saying it to yourself. And I want to... So number two is once you've written it down, instead of feeling bad about it, we counteract it with scripture. I just want to take you through a couple this morning that I just thought people may find helpful. I mean, honestly, we... Some of the things we think and let ourselves think. But the first one that I want to look at is, I've got so many notes. I actually don't. It's just I've got so many copies of my notes. All right. <laughs> the first one is, I'm unqualified. Okay? I'm, I'm no good. See that issue over there, God? I see and I think, oh, someone should do something about that. I've just, if you've got something stirring in here, you are somebody. You are qualified. Every person has a purpose and a destiny in God. And you don't get to look at the person next to you and go, oh, well, maybe they should because they're really good at that. And maybe they should because it's like you are somebody. You are somebody. And it says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, I'm going to shoot a lot of scripture at you. So if you don't have time to look them all up, just you can write them down and you might be able to use them to counteract some of your, your lies as well. 1 Peter 4.10. It's all, oh, shush. <laughs> God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You are qualified. He's actually gifted you. I don't know why we think that we're the only one that's kind of just just no good. The next lie, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. God, I would step out in you, but I'm just not really good enough. Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make human beings in our image. And then in verse 31, he looked over all he had made and he saw it was very good. Galatians 1.15, even before I was born, God chose me and he called me by his marvellous grace. You know, when you go digging, I mean, I could have chosen so many different ones because what about this lie? I should be sorted out by now. I should have this sorted by now, Okay. Surely, I got in the car this morning and I said, I just want to, <laughs> i just like some quiet on the way to church today. <laughs> I've been a mother, Josh has just turned 11. I should have this sorted out by now, shouldn't I? Just with the whole, like we're, oh, Lily, oh, we won't even go there. <laughs> should have this sorted out by now. Maybe for you, the lies, you're like, I should have this sorted by now, but then that brings a condemnation. I should, I feel this, I feel like God wants to use me for something, but I'm not sorted out yet. I should be sorted out by now. Philippians 1.6, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's fully finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Okay, not yesterday. It's a continuing work. Philippians 2.13 says, God is working in you. Okay, you're the only one who expects yourself to be perfect. (laughs) 
Philippians 3.12, not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect. And yet we'll say to ourselves, I should be sorted. I should have a handle on this by now. I've been struggling for so long. And he says, no, I'm working in you. I'm actually working in you. Oh, this is a good one. I, I, nobody else, but I am unlovable. I'm no good and I, people don't like me and I'm unlovable. I just, for God so loved the world and he, he kind of, I'm just kind of not the world, in the world. I'm just, I'm specially, uniquely unlovable. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? And I won't say show of hands if you've ever not liked yourself, but honestly. Mark twelve twenty nine. The most important of all the commandments is this. You are to love... Oh, this is the Passion Translation, so I really like it. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought, remember the soundtrack, with every thought that is within you and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. Now, we like that, don't we? As Christians, we're like, yes, I love you, God. And we're like, sing, I will love you, love my strength. I love you, God. I've got it down pat. That's the greatest commandment, right? And the second is this. You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. In the same way you love yourself. Will I say it again? In the same way you love yourself. <laughs> and do you know what I think we do? I think we go, yes, God, I love you. Yes, God, I love my neighbor. I've been, I made my neighbor a cake and I've been giving to supply drop and I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to love people. And I just think, well, a lot of us just blatantly scribble it out. I'll love my neighbor, full stop. I just won't keep reading. Or maybe we whisper the second half. You must love your neighbor. Okay, next, keep reading. Keep reading. Oh, if we could get how much that God loves us, that love begins to flow out and it that's what changes. Like, that's the difference. That should be the difference with us. Okay, you might not be sorted. You might not be, you know, but it's like I'm living in love. I know that God loves me. And I heard a really good example uh, by Chris Valaton. He said he was sharing on a, you know, just saying it's good to love yourself. And someone said, well, that's really prideful. You know, you're being really prideful. We're meant to humble ourselves. We're not meant to. And he gave an example and it really stuck with me. He said, imagine a beautiful artwork. And it's this massive, just stunning masterpiece. And the exquisite, like, it's, it's amazing. And people come to view this artwork and they're like, oh, That is so beautiful. I love, you know, and they're admiring the artwork. Are you admiring, did the art make itself? Like, are you admiring the artwork or the artist? Yeah? So imagine you don't like the painting and you say, oh, oh, I don't like that painting. That's really disgusting. And they've done a really bad job. It's, ooh. Are you, I mean, is the painting going to have hurt feelings or is the artist 
Okay, if you put it like that, if you can begin to love yourself and then what you do is you see those around you who may be broken, they may be a little, they're God's artwork as well. And we go out and we begin to love and we see the potential and we see the beauty and we see what God's purpose for them is because we are living out of love and we stop being so worried about ourselves that we can go and just live this life of love that God just, this is why Jesus came. This is why he came. He doesn't want you stuck with all this stuff. And the last lie that I want to look at this morning, and I actually had these around the other way, but I really felt to say this one last Because I think there's some people here this morning and you're right here. (laughs) And you've heard some of the examples of lies and you've heard, you're like, but you believe your situation isn't going to change. My situation will never change. I'm kind of stuck here. Has anyone seen the Groundhog Day? Yeah? And he gets up every day and the alarm rings and he's got to go through. and Groundhog Day. And you wake up and you go, oh, is this my life again? Maybe you've been singing that tragedy. (laughs) I have to say, especially with my kids when they're all really small, it's like tragedy, I just went around singing that. Oh, my goodness. Is it a tragedy? I can't cook very well. I have... (laughs) And when you sit down to dinner and they say, hey, mum, dad cooks better than you, but he's been at work, so we'll just eat it. It's like, oh, come on. No, I'm improving. I'm improving on my character and I'm actually getting better. I, I'm Okay, this is me. Cooking is a waste of time, right? I wish we didn't have to eat. So let's just hurry up and get it done. I'll put everything on high. Just hurry up. Let's get it cooked. Go, go, go. Let's go. Turn the oven up to 300. Come on, cook the pizza. And so everything burns. Like I'm just... Greg, Greg's been on a journey. He's like, Stacey, you have to preheat the oven. Before you put it in, and then it's the right temperature. And then you, yeah. I'm like, what a waste of time preheating. Just put it in, turn it up really. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, I hate cooking. I hate cooking. Give me the garden any day. Oh. But some, maybe you're just like, my situation isn't going to change. Okay, and I had this scripture for today, and I really felt for some of you. Isaiah 43, 19. And it says, for I am about to do something new. Okay? I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And maybe you're in a dry wasteland. Maybe you've had this soundtrack of not good thinking about yourself or that your situation won't change or that this is how it is for me or and you look at what God says you should do and you can't and I'm telling you today he's doing a new thing he's doing a new thing and the third thing that has helped me so the first one was write it down actually look at what's in your head on paper the second thing is get some scriptures to counteract those lies And if you've got a lot, just start with a couple. Like, don't be discouraged. Just get a couple. And the third thing is begin to prophesy your future. 
okay? Begin to prophesy your future. And so if you've been stuck in a situation for a while, get this scripture and begin to say, God, you are doing something new. God, thank you that you are doing something new. You're doing something. And just begin to get it in your spirit. And the lies, you've shone a light on the lies. The lie might come, no, this is what it's like for you. This is your situation. You say, no, I now recognize that's not true. And I will begin to quote scripture. And for me, worship and songs and singing is one of the most powerful ways that I can do this because a song, as soon as I've heard a song, the melody's in my head, the words are in my head. Now, maybe if you're not that way inclined, you'll have to listen a few times to whatever it is, but get it and you'll find yourself humming it. You know, we could write a song to this right now. No, I won't do that. And we actually, in with our culture of testimony, have had a few testimonies like this. We received and we shared a testimony about when we were singing No Longer Slaves, I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear, that we had someone miraculously healed. And it wasn't just, I feel afraid. They actually, I can't remember the name of it, but their fear and their fear of the dark, like all consuming, and they were healed as they confessed, I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Okay? What did we sing this morning? Um, that kid, It's a kid's song, yeah? My God is so big, so strong. Begin to get a song and prophesy it over yourself. And I've got a couple of examples. You guys can, Christy and Steve can come. We're actually going to sing in a minute. I'm going to get you to, we're going to do some homework right here in church. But um, I had a song that I would sing over myself in one of the hardest things that I had ever walked through. And it was about God giving us new life and about, and at that time, Greg and I desperately wanted to have a child and we couldn't. And I would just begin to sing this song over myself. Get a song, whatever your situation, get a song. Um, you are good. You are good. Oh, you are good. I mean, get a song. You know, when I first heard that song, we actually, um, a lot of songs we do in church, I've been singing them for like a year or two before we actually bring them in. I sort of just bring them in when I feel the time is right. First time I heard you are good, I was like, you know that, you're never going to let me down. I, I just would cry every time. Because in the midst of sickness, in the midst of years and years of battling chronic pain every day, every day, every day, I got to the point, and I'm, I'm singing you are good, but it was, a, it was a prophecy because in that moment I didn't know it. You're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down. What about... Um, you are a miracle-working God. You are a miracle-working God. You know, the day before I sang that in church, I just felt to do it on the Sunday. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to do that. On the Saturday, I woke up and I was... <laughs> it was one of my worst, the worst days I've had in the history of an eight-year to this point. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a praise report in a moment. But I woke up and I, I could not walk, okay? I used the hallway to get myself to the drug cupboard and I took my maximum amount and I sat on a chair and went, okay, God, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. And um, 
I rang my mom. I said, you're going to have to leave worship tomorrow because I can't, I can't walk on the stage. I can't walk. I'm not going to be able to drive. And she's like, you're doing it. Let's pray. Come on. Let's pray. And she prayed with me over the phone. And I did wake up the next day. And I was able to come in and I prophesied over my life, you are a miracle working God. And do you know what you did? You prophesied it back to me. Because that's what we do when we worship as a family. We stand together. You're not alone. We stand together. You're a miracle working God. You are a miracle working God. And, you know, oh, fear is the worst, isn't it? Because when I was thinking about sharing this, see, I've had a chronic illness for eight years now. In the last three months, I have had less pain in my body than I can remember. Like, it is through the roof, <laughs> right? And Gre- the kids, I'll, kids and Greg, I'll be like, hey, look at me. I can move my body. And I'm like, I get really excited. I start doing these little dances. But when you've had something so all-consuming, I'm just excited. But do you know what the enemy wants to come and say? Well, what if you're just good for now? What if it what if it slams you tomorrow when you wake up? What if it, and I'll feel a little bit of pain and I'll go, no, no, no. I'm not listening to the lie that this is temporary. I'm looking at the word. I'm shooting that with scripture and you're a healing God. You're a miracle working God. Oh, there's so much. If you will begin to prophesy your future. And this song, we sang it Good Friday, Reckless Love. The first time I heard this song, I was like, oh, God, you're so good. Because I'd been on this journey with the lies. I'd been, like, just, yeah. And this is, it's, it's aggressive. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up coming after me. He's coming after you this morning. He's coming after you. There's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me amen we're going to sing this in a minute and we're going to believe for the miracles we're going to believe that what he says is true and the the chorus says oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of god and um i sing this all the time actually lily sings this all the time i heard her last week she was singing Oh, the overwhelming, never end. I'm like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh. And I went in. Do you know what she was doing? She had Josh's Pokemon handbook, his favorite handbook. She was ripping the pages out. Oh, it chases me down. Rip. Fights till I'm found. Rip. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Josh said to me, overwhelming, mum. It says he's overwhelming love. I don't like, when I'm overwhelmed, like if I'm overwhelmed with my homework, I feel bad. And I'm like, no, no, that's the point. The overwhelming love. (laughs) His overwhelming love. Oh, he's so good. We're going to sing this in a moment. I'm going to, even if you don't know it, just look at the words and, and speak them over yourselves. But can I encourage you, don't go home today without taking a step towards freedom, wherever you are. Maybe you're really good with this, but... That scripture, I'm doing a new thing. Maybe you've just been cruising where you are. 
believing the lie of, okay, I've reached my potential, God, I'm good. And he's saying, no, there's more. There's more. We've got a town to reach, don't we? We have a town to reach. If we could each get so confident in who we are, you might speak to five people that say, oh, I don't, I don't want to know about that. And there'll be one that says, hey, I've been searching for this my whole life. I didn't know someone loved me. I didn't know I was made in love, that I was created for a purpose. You can stay seated. We're just going to sing this. And after this, Greg is going to come and we're going to have communion. But just encourage you to prophesy this over yourself this morning. You've been listening to Life Church Podcasts. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.